No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. The breaking ball, he struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. This is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He, he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. How we doing? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, champ. Cowie the Apprentice, how are we? Doing well, really good. Good weekend. We fixed that microphone. We got a lot of uh, we got a lot of feedback. A lot, a lot of uh, audio engineers writing into us uh, on social. The couple got, blew up my DMs, blew up the the website, uh, and even on Spotify too. You can ask questions. We're going to answer a couple of them today. But Cowie, mate, we got that microphone. We kind of got it fixed. Kind of, you're back to the well, old a temporary fix. Temporary, temporary fix. fix. My bad on that last week. Uh, we're learning. We're, we're adjusting. Yeah, I said to Grant, I was like, hey, Balf, can you, with all your millions of bucks, mate, send him off a Schmicker microphone and you send him some some kids thing you found at the toy shop, mate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, send me daughters, uh, old uh, Dora the Explorer, Mike, and I uh, guess it hasn't worked out so well. <laughs> <laughs> Dora the Explorer. Yeah, karaoke, karaoke microphone. Uh, hey, it used to work well when she was using it. Oh, well. Yeah, hey guys, I've, I've got a, I've got a, <laughs> I got a big announcement. Mowed my first lawn on Saturday. Jesus, mate, look at you. Should've Was it an award or something over here? Mate, is the grass has the grass even grown up there in Seattle yet? Well, the sun came out finally. It was a beautiful uh, weekend. Everyone was out mowing yeah. their lawns. You know, yeah, the cul-de-sac right. got the neighbors just cranking. Everyone's you could just see yeah, everything you, getting fired up. Did you crack? Did you crack open a coldie after you got done? Oh, yeah. Like, I got, I got a cup, a cup holder on the lawnmower, mate. Yeah, you <laughs> celebrate. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you got a pushy or you got a uh, right on, mate. <laughs> mate, come on, you're kidding, aren't you? A pushy, but no. Listen, I, I, yeah, I, I, was, I was, I was all over the Instagram. I was, I don't know what I was thinking. I was posting photos. Like everyone's like, dude, like, are you serious? It was the first lawn you've ever mowed, but yeah, first yeah, ever. Can you believe that? Uh, I can't actually, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Cody, oh, what would, would you say, mate? You, before we jumped on, you, you asked me uh, if I was shelling out all kinds of cash for yeah, gardeners every first, year. Your first lawn you've ever mowed because you gave away hundreds of thousands of dollars to your gardeners every year, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the estate. Just I've got a whole yeah. team of gardeners, just like Grant. Yeah. Yeah. The mansion's too large for you to be mowing the lawn yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Bath, do you, you take, have gardeners? Yeah, yeah, got some gardeners, mate. <laughs> You take on the hedges, you know. Got to take Talk on those hedges, it. mate. Talk us through it. Do you have a pool guy? You have a gardener? Yeah, I got a pool guy and a gardener. Yeah. That's you, called hitting free agency, Ryan. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nah, it's not, it's not, I mean, everyone down in Florida pretty much does, you know, in the neighborhood here. If you're out, have you, I, I get out and push, get the pushy out every once in a while. Give her a clean up, you know. I don't mind doing a bit of a bit of lawn mowing. I'm out have there you a lot, ever, actually in the yard. But uh, so, so you you own lawn mowing? I do it. Yeah, I do own one. Yeah, I uh, I had to borrow the neighbours. How about that? Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what? What did you? So wait a minute. Wait, did you, you, back. <laughs> you moved in. You moved in. What? Like a week, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Yep. So you introduced. You go, hi, I'm Ryan. I'm the next door neighbour. <laughs> yeah. Can I borrow your lawnmower? That's the first thing you said. Pretty, pretty, pretty shameful, mate. Like Friday, Arvo, I'll see <sighs> Bill, who's the man up in the corner here. Just by the way, yeah. he's he, he's a little bit older, but he's just shredded. But all my neighbours, but I got two. I got I got a whole cul-de-sac of neighbors. Preston yeah. down the street, the man, he's just like just jacked, just shredded. I'm like, man, look at this dude. Bill yeah. up further up the street, shirtless, right, pushing the mower on a Friday Arvo. I said to Amanda, I was like, mate, like we're out the front. I was like, I gotta just ask him because our lawn's disgusting, you know. Like we we haven't yeah. cut the cut the thing. So I just yeah. went up. He you know, he gassed it up for me, and off I went Saturday morning. I acted like I knew what I was doing. I had no idea. But anyway, some nice <laughs> cutting lines. lines, cutting lines. Look like yeah. Fenway. Look like Fenway, mate. I did. Cut yeah, the no, I did. Look like the SCG. All right. Jesus, mate. So before we before we kick off, guys, I've got a couple questions now. Uh, I've got a couple questions on Spotify. You actually, if, if you click on the episode, and you can watch us now, which is great. But you can also click. You can there's a ask a question. So I've got a couple questions. I've got a few actually. I'm going to, I'm going to do two just because we want to get right to what we what we got today. The first question was, and I'll ask you, Grant. Mm-hmm. Kari, I'll ask you too. 
Hardest guy you've ever faced. Who was it? Just basically said this is from Clayton Bradstreet. Now I don't know if Clayton's from back home right. in Oz or if he's here in the US, where he's from. Oh, but Big Clayton wants to know who's the hardest guy you've ever faced. Well, there are a lot of Seattle Mariners fans, so I'll go out and say Ichiro. Ichiro was a tough. He was a tough one. Uh, he did get me early in my career. Uh, laid a bunt down on me, um, and then he also took me deep a little bit later in my career. Threw him a, a change up me. Change up. Yeah, he hooked it out to right. I don't know what I was thinking. Trying to change it. But he got it. Um, nice. But yeah, I mean that guy's a. You know, you think you think of him as a slap hitter, kind of lay a bunt down, singles, triples, whatever. But when he wants to, he's got yeah. that swing where you can take it deep. So uh, definitely, he was tough. Maglio Donias, kind of going back old school a little bit. He, he got me a couple times. Really tough out guy that just uh, you think you could throw the ball in on him and uh, for somehow he just seemed to get those hands inside and uh, he'd spin your cap, mate. He'd hit it right back up the middle. <laughs> he would, man. He so, lived up the middle, didn't he? He lived up the middle. He was, a, he was the kind of guy that could spray the ball to all fields, so really tough out. Dude, there was a guy just on Maglio Adonis. We're playing the Tigers. I'm not going to mention names here, but yeah. lefty. And this guy was just bitter Bob all the time. Like everything yeah. was just like there was a rain cloud over his head. All the time. Anyway, so he's out pitching, and everyone just kind of had a gutful of this guy. Like, he was up and down from AAA. He was just, he was just hard to be around. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and he was kind of shorter. So, like, in spring training, like, when we had to do the running, you know, like, run pole to pole and back in the day, he yeah. used to say, oh, yeah, because I'm shorter, it's harder for me. Like, you guys have got longer legs. What <laughs> 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 the fuck? Anyway, oh, but this dude, this dude was facing the Tigers, just getting lit up. Then Maglio Daniels hits this ball. Like, just an absolute laser beam. And he's done the old, up, like this. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah. The ball. Like, we're like, in the dugout going, what's that? It's gone 450. He's yelling yeah. it up. So who yeah. are you talking to? The, the bloke out in the bar? Or like, to make sure he doesn't spill his beer? Like, we're like, bro, yeah. are you serious? And, uh, yeah. and then he came in afterwards. He goes, oh, man, the ball's really flying today. We're like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> But, dude, I remember, mate, he, he used to hit some absolute missiles out to center field for sure. All right, so the, the, for me, Vlad Guerrero Sr., 100%. Like, he, I had to play against him a bunch with the Angels and the Rangers and just ridiculous, man. Like, I'm sure there's a bunch of dudes who are the same way. But, all right, one, one more question. Who was our favorite guy to, to have on the show? Who's, who's your favorite interview? Kelly, I'll start with you, mate. The, the, since you started the show – uh, with your apprenticeship, who's your, who's been your favorite guy? I love them all. Um, probably, I'd say maybe Kiermaier, especially because we had him on right after that big walk-off homer and got to yeah. talk about that. Um, Logan Gilbert's up there for me too because he had such mm -hmm. a hot start to the year and it was like fun to watch the guy we had just talked to. Yeah, uh, for sure. But I don't know. It's always fun to talk to these guys and then I want to follow them closer. I think that's my favorite part of all of it is I see them on the field. I'm like, like I was just on my, yeah. my, you know, my show. So yeah, cool. it makes it, it makes a difference. Doesn't it? Like when you, when you actually hear their backstory and it makes it, it makes it easier to, you know, to, to basically follow along. Balfour, who you got, mate? Yeah, man. I was going to go. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Besides, oh. Um, mate, it, like I said, it's, it's great having everyone on. I hate, hate having to do this and pick someone, but I'm going to go with a fellow pitcher. And I, I did enjoy uh, Gilbert Logan, uh, yeah, right. young bloke with a great mindset. I just loved his mindset. I loved his confidence, but not cocky. Very yeah. much knows himself as a pitcher that young, kind of, kind of has an idea of what he's very good idea of what he's doing out there has great stuff and definitely was really enjoyable uh, watching him pitch. Um, but yeah, just, just love the mindset, the way he's like, yeah, that's the goal. Go out and win the Cy Young. Like, man, what, what young kid at that age would even, you know, maybe even think of that, you know, yeah. think the possibilities are even there, but, um, he, he believes in himself and I, I love that. So yeah, it was fun talking to. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny, man. I watched him pitch on the weekend against the Red Sox and, uh, you know, he gives up gives up a couple runs early, but he just has that thing about him where he just doesn't crumble. Like he, he, he's, yeah. he, he can make that quick little adjustment and just keep rolling. You know, it, yep. it's e easier said than done, especially when you're his age. Cause he's, you, we're, and I've seen, <clears throat> man, I've seen it up here in Seattle where you've got some young pitchers who have plenty of stuff, 
but you can just see see the wheels start to fall off. But dude, man, you're right, man. Just just talking to him, he just has that different sort of thing about him. Like, oh yeah, start of the season, I'm ready to ready to freaking go. It's not like this. Oh man, I, you know, uh, it's opening day, and I'm I'm thinking about this or that. No, no, he's just like he was ready to roll. I agree with that one. My favorite yeah. though, and we've had him on twice now, and both times has been amazing. Just because I love diving into the mindset stuff, just like you guys did. You're talking about that with Gilbert. Daniel Bard, I can't. I had him before Grant, before you jumped on and co-hosted and yeah. Coey. The first time he came on, I was just like, I didn't want to get off. I was just like, man, this is helping me. <laughs> I listen to yeah, this yeah. stuff, and I'm just like, it, it was, it was unreal, man. It, it, and it was one of these things that, yeah, he's going through it with the yips, but, and that's what I like about a lot of the guests we have on. And Patrick, great question by the way, Big Pat. Thanks. No, no last name. Doesn't say where he's from or anything. But uh, Big, Big Patty. Pat. Get good on you, Pat. Pat. Yeah. Good, good question. Um, that's one thing. I, I, this is why I love having these these guys on. I love talking to you guys too, obviously. But just hearing those stories, man, you, you walk away just going, "Oh yeah, okay, that's what it's all about." You know what I mean? Yeah, it resonates a lot yeah, of that yeah, stuff for too. sure. But uh, now Daniel Bard, just all the stuff he's been through and comeback player of the year, seven years out of the big leagues, man. If you have, if you have if you if you get a chance, go back and listen to both of those episodes because both of them he says different stuff that's both hit hard. You know? So. All right. Okay, moving on. We have to dive into a couple things, guys. Number one, I want to talk about this. Now, obviously, we're, I'm up here in Seattle, and I'm watching this. Grant, you've been a part of some really successful teams. You've been to the playoffs a bunch. Coey, The Apprentice, you've been a part of the Padres fan community. What do you want to call it? The Padre community? What do they call the fans? Fan base. The fan, fan base. base. All right, fan there's base. no Padre Alum- community or something. The what? Alumni. <laughs> the alumni, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My esteemed baseball career, yeah. Up here in Seattle, you've got this situation. Last year, they finished the year off, going into the off season. We had Mitch Hanniger on the sh- on the on the show, who's injured, by the way, which makes it tougher. And Mitch mm. talked about, you know, it's it's time, it's time for them to start competing. They go out, they get Robbie Ray sign a five year deal, they make some moves, and they stamp stamp they, they they lock it in we're going for it this year we're not rebuilding anymore we've done that the last couple of years we're rebuilding been a disappointing start right it really has been it's been hard yeah. like there's been times it's been tough to watch i'm not gonna lie and especially covering the team yeah well talk to me go ahead grant what do you got no i mean you know, there's the old excuse here, which I, I hate to see and I hate to use, and I've heard it before. Well, it's still early. I hate hearing that, honestly. I really hate hearing it. But for, for Seattle fans out there, it is still early. I do see Houston hot, LA Angels hot, and we talked about this before we came on. And it's those teams have had some hot streaks, you know, over 600 average. Seattle's sitting there with a 400, 405 win percentage right now, which is not going to get you to the playoffs. We all know that. So they've got to turn it around. They've got to have that hot streak that these other teams have had in the next month or so, turn it around and, and pull within a couple games because right now they're sitting 10 games back. And if it, whatever's going on up there continues, it's gonna, it, that spread is going to get worse and worse and worse. You know, and... Coey, I know, has a, has a nice little um, idea about, you know, with the, the way things go and, and breaking down the season and whatnot. So I'll pass it over to him to sort of share his outlook. Well, yeah, real, well, real quick, Coey, I'll, I'll let you get on that. Grant, have you been on a team that's got to the playoffs or been in the hunt in that last month We have gotten off to a terrible start? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been on teams where we're just playing 500 baseball or – or, or close to that, you know? Um, and then, yeah, you just eventually go on a hot streak, you know, you win 15 out of 20 or whatever it is. And then, you know, next thing you know, you, you're moving up, moving up. Right, so I was on the Oakland team uh, 2000 and I believe this is 2012 or 13 now. Correct me if I'm wrong. One of the two. We, never, we were never in first place the whole year. We were five back with six to play, and we won the division. Right. So, I mean, anything's kind of possible, but we're always in the hunt. We're always there. Um, you know, I, I want just... to ask you, Grant, I want to ask you in a second. I'm going to get to you in a minute, but Grant, I want to ask you, what happens on those flights? What happens on that bus? 
what happens in that locker room when your team mm. is scuffling, when guys are struggling? I'm going to get to that in a second. But, Coey, what do you got, mate? You talked about this before we jumped on, about breaking up the season. Yeah, well, Wayne Kirby, who's been – he's the first base coach for the Mets now. He's been on a lot of different teams as a coach. Talks about splitting the season up into three different 55-game <clears> segments. So if – like the Yankees right now are incredibly hot. Let's say – I don't know their exact record, but let's say they have a 700 winning percentage, right? In the first 55 games, if you're able to have that 700 winning percentage, that allows you to have a 500 winning percentage in the next 55 game split. Right. And then you're at a 600 team after 110 games, right? So at least for Wayne Kirby and different coaching staffs, they evaluate the season based off those 55 game chunks. So you're not going to give up on a player who's hitting a buck 40 through 30 games. If after 55 games he's still hitting there and you know maybe has two home runs, then you start to look at, okay, we want to shift the lineup. But you chunk it into thirds like that, and it becomes three smaller seasons, and you just roll from there. Right. I, here's the thing with, with this, and I, I come at it from a player's perspective, a fan's perspective. Now, Seattle, I'm just talking about them because, again, I cover the team every day. Trevor's story on the weekend absolutely destroyed the Mariners, Okay. So you jump on social media, and I hate doing this because social media just absolutely – it's great. I love social media. Don't get me wrong. But my goodness, man, it can just start a tidal wave of just just toxic mindsets and everything else. Just bad information gets gets thrown around, as we all know, right? We, I, I, you don't have to – I'm not blowing anyone's mind with that information. But the Mariners' Twitter is just like the most disappointing season ever – this is a joke, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. Mm. And then you jump on this thing where Trevor Story, they had a chance to sign Trevor Story, who's a free agent. He didn't go to the, the Mariners. Now, I mean, even hearing this on radio stations, when I flick through radio stations up here, oh, the Mariners didn't want to spend money. They could have got Trevor Story. Like, he's going to solve all the problems. Now, the dude, I think he hit zero or one home run in the month of April. Now, and Grant, you can speak for this too. And we've talked to Liam Hendricks on the show. And we've talked to other guys about free agency. It's not as simple as, oh, yeah, first of all, this player is going to be the biggest impact. It's not a you know, starting five in basketball where one player is a fifth of the friggin' of what happens. Yeah, you, you don't just throw a boatload of money at a dude and say, here, come to Seattle. They want to come to Seattle too. Trevor Story did not want to come to Seattle, right? He, he said, he, not, I'm not saying he said no, but he, he had other plans. That's obviously because he went to Boston. And he, he hung out there as a free agent and everything else. So mm-hmm. to sit there and say, oh, yeah, hey, they should have spent money and they didn't, it's not that friggin' simple. And we've heard all about the free agency process. It's not just about throwing cash. The other thing is, too, it just amplifies when the guy <laughs> goes, he's three bombs on one night, then he comes back, does it again, and all of a sudden he's just red friggin' hot. And the Mariners are losing. They just get swept. So yeah. a couple things on that. I, I, it's hard, man, It's because it, now they're hitting double digits games back. At what point, though, I'll ask both of you guys this, and Grant, I want to get to you from a player's perspective. At how many games back, at what point do you sit here and say, as a fan or covering a team, not in the front office, obviously, did a little different, mm. what, when do you say, all right, this, this is it, um, they're out of it? They're out of it? Well... Well, right said, now, uh, by, by the way, it, it is, it's about to get into June, and they are well, double digits. They're 10 games back as, so, we, as we talk today. So right now, we're, we're at a quarter of the way through the season, basically exactly a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah. Okay? Um, so you look at teams, and, I'll, and I'm, I'm here in Tampa Bay. So use Tampa Bay, for instance. 24 and 17 with a 585 record. A quarter of the way through the season, put them at a 96 wins, 585 record. That's yeah. going to get you to the playoffs. If they continue to play the baseball they're playing, they'll, they will get to the playoffs. They've had their hot streak. They've kind of gotten cold, you know, where they've had that little mishaps. They've had a few injuries here or there, and they've dealt with some things that all teams are going to deal with all year. The Yankees really haven't had a cold streak yet. They really haven't played it bad Ridiculous. yet. I mean, they've been 29 and 12. They've been hot from the get-go. Out of the gates, they were hot. They're still hot. Can they keep that 700 record going, that pace? Okay, we talk about it. We're talking about 116 wins. We're talking about the all-time record with the Seattle Mariners set, if they continue that tired stretch. I just 
I don't see it happening, but it's possible, right? right. That's, that's kind of where they're at. Um, but like I said, on the other end of things, I mean, you've got a team like the Cincinnati Reds. If I was a Cincinnati Reds fan, I'm never giving up as a fan. But boy, you're going to do it really yeah. tough. They've yeah. dug themselves such a hole that a quarter way through the season, look at the kind of baseball they got to play to, to not just catch up with Milwaukee, but to then pass the other teams in front of them. It, they've almost left it impossible this early with 300 with 300 so in other words Grant, what what you're saying is if you're going to struggle do it now in other words right and and uh, you kind of more yeah i mean they always say you want to finish strong late like i said i go back to the 2012 team 2013 team with oakland we're never in first place all year with six games to go five games back with six to go you would think that we were done there's no chance, right? Yeah. Five games back, is that, six is to that, go. But I want to ask and about we, the clubhouse. I'm, I'm dying to ask about what was, said, what was said in the clubhouse too in a second, yeah. right, with that. Because I, I want you to use that as an example. Coe, what do you got? Just really quick, when you ask about when, when do you know when the team is out, I think it depends on the talent on the team. The Cincinnati Reds yeah. were out after the first week of the season. I mean, they could have won. <laughs> they could have been 7-0, and and the Cincinnati Reds were not going to make the playoffs with the record they have. For a team like the Mariners that did so well last year, won all those one-run games, has young talent. If I'm a Mariners fan, I'm not giving up yet in terms not of making the playoffs. It's just a, it's a much tougher road than they were hoping after a couple months of baseball here. Plus, it's a team dynamic too. You mentioned the Reds; they're they're like you better be just you better be at the top of the division for them not to trade off whoever. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, you know, is Joey Votto going somewhere at the trade deadline? You know, it, or, or to just. But with the yeah, like you said, with the Mariners, they yeah, they they locked it in. They well, said, all right, we're going for it. Then what happens that once you get to that trade deadline as well? I just think, again, man, I just I, I see a lot of this stuff, and I'm on the fence, man. Honestly, I'm on the fence about this team. Like, is there enough? Is there enough depth to make this well, happen? Is the just remember? Enough? Go ahead. I mean, just just remember too, we've got we've got more playoff teams this year, so there's going to be more opportunities. You got the wild card. You don't have to win the division anymore. Yeah, you know. Right. You can get in with the wild card, and there's plenty of opportunities there with the wild card now. Adding two extra teams, I believe, is the yeah. final decision on that. So nobody's out. Nobody. Obviously, you're not out until you math. Okay, you're not out until you're mathematically out. But as a fan sitting there saying, "Okay, man, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan," you're already feeling that, man, we are we are probably not going to the playoffs <laughs> this year, right? Right. As much as you want it, they would have to get so hot. And like you said, it comes into play when, you know, trade deadline comes around. For instance, Seattle. Okay. Are they going to be, are they going to keep themselves close enough where the front office is going to say, hey, this is what we've said at the start of the year. We've put all this money into this team. Yeah, we're going for it. At what point do we trade, let guys go? Or at what point do we turn around and say, all right, let's go for it. But with all those extra opportunities now in the playoffs and the wildcard teams and whatnot, I think there's it makes for a fun race at the end of the year. And I, and I think that fans should be, you know, enjoy the, the rest of the season. It is still early, even though, I, like I said, I hate to say it. We're a quarter of the way through. There's plenty of baseball to go. Anything can happen. New York Yankees, you could sit here and say that Aaron Judge gets hurt, Stanton gets hurt, Cole gets hurt. And they fall flat on their face. You, you just never know in baseball what could happen. So you just got to go out there, keep playing each day, win ball games. Hey, um, talk about inside the locker room on the plane. So I, you know, we'll talk, I was talking about this on the radio on um, Sunday afternoon. Mariners, they get done in Boston. They get their ass kicked. It was a 10th inning win, blah, blah, blah. You get on that plane. I've been on two sides of this story. Now, Grant, I want to ask you about this. I've been on that on that plane where you get on, and you just have some dudes who are just—they're not mailed it in, but they're just like they're they're pointing fingers at everyone else. In other words, they're hitting two hundred and they're struggling, and they're like, "Oh, when I was with the such and such team, it was way better, right?" Like I had—I mean, I'm, I'll throw some names out there. Sean Figgins was was, and I'm not upsetting anyone up here in Seattle. That that dude, it was so hard to be around that dude. 
Like it was so hard. There were some mm. other guys too. On the flip side, you'd struggle like that. You had some dudes on the pl- – you'd walk down the plane. Everyone's got their head down. Mm. You feel like shit. You're struggling. You're giving it up. Your bullpen, um, and- Andres Munoz gave it up. Koe, the ex-Padre. And you just you have those dudes who just kind of look you in the eye. So, hey, man, and not, not, hey, it's okay, and give you a hug. It's not that. It's just looking in the eye like, and just talk to you. And it's just a couple words, man. Like, just to just mm-hmm. go, oh, yeah, okay, I'm all good. No one's looking at me like, you know, fuck you, yeah. you, you gave it up. It's just yeah. this, it, it takes those things that you cannot, that baseball savant can't pick up on, right, and give you these, 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 these data points or these metrics. Yeah. Balfour, I got to ask you, mate. You talked about that last stretch in Oakland, or or any other time. Do you remember those flights when you when you you may have given up a lead, or someone struggled, a younger player getting on that plane, being in different types of team dynamics, where you had those groups. You mentioned it with the Rays, you know, back when they went to the World Series, you had a bunch of guys who just got along. Everyone got along, and you had some yeah. some, some really good people on that on, on, on those flights, yeah. or whatever. Can you talk us through that? Dude. What happens when you when you you get swept and all of a sudden you, you you're getting on that charter flight back home or whatever? Talk us through that, man. What does that take? Yeah, so there's I mean there's there's all different times in the year, right? You're gonna have your ups and downs. Um, you know, if you go out there and succeed all year long, then it's it's very rare. There's always gonna be those. And it's easy too, right? Games and things become real easy, but yeah. As a team, I think as a good teams that gel, get together and gel and pull for each other. Um, I think whenever, you know, if, I, if it was me and I, I go out and blow a save or whatever and we lost the game, there's no one, no one more than myself that's upset or frustrated at that. You know, no one else on that team can be more frustrated than me, myself. So you got teammates, hey man, it's all good. We're going to get, you know, we know what you're capable of. And it becomes a confidence thing. You're confident. You know what you can do. All right, I had a bad day today. I'm going to come back out tomorrow and erase that. You know, when it keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, now your job might be in jeopardy. You know, oh, that role or that job, right. you might be getting sent out or this and that. You know, now you got to sit down and really have a good look at yourself. You might have to go sit and look at video. you got to take, take it on yourself to make yourself better because I can't go out there and hit for, I couldn't go out and hit for Evan Longoria. I couldn't go out and hit for whoever it was. He's trying to make himself the best player he can be. I'm trying to do the same. And we're all rooting for each other when we go take that field. And we all know within that, within that clubhouse that, hey, this guy is doing everything he can to make this team better. We're pulling for each other and we're going out there. And, hey, if it works out that day, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You just know that that guy's putting everything in. It's when it's when you see a guy that's maybe not putting in the work, sitting on the couch, goes out, gives it up. You think to yourself, "Come on, man! Like, there's things you have you be ever doing. have you ever got on someone about that? Have you ever gotten on someone? Hey, man, what the fuck? I, I, I never I never got on anyone, honestly. Um, I sort of I sort of let them figure it out for himself, you know. And typically, that things like that work themselves out. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's. It comes down to the individual taking over, making the adjustments, whatever it is that they got to do. Because you know, when you get on that flight, yeah, everyone's in a in a down mood. You know, no one no one wants to lose. Everyone hates losing. We know we're going out there to win ball games each and every night. Not trying to lose. So yeah, you get on that flight. You got swept or whatever it is. You got to just. We got to turn the page. You know that in baseball, things can change quick, and things can once you lose ball games, it can snowball very fast too. And if it snowballs, now, it's hard to get out of that. Let's say you just got swept in Oakland, and you're flying out to New York. You're flying to the East Coast. Obviously, you're not going to be miserable for the entire five-hour flight. <laughs> Is there a point in the flight where you're like, okay, yeah. now it's time to play cards. Like, let's move on and go win the series well, in Boston. Depends well, on the well, dude, so- man. I, yeah. you know, like it depends on the individual, I think. Uh, and and uh, you make are there great... people who sit there for five hours just slumped <laughs> and pissed off? S- some people, oh, a lot look. of people do sit there, put a movie on, and they just sit there and watch the movies, and they'll sleep, and they'll wake up, and that's it. Other individuals will go play cards like nothing ever happened. Coey, this just... I've had some, I've played with some guys who are just straight, like they're not doing well, or they're not happy with the team, or like they're not happy that whatever, and they project just their 
bitterness out externally. It's fucking crazy. I, and I've had other friends of mine who I'm just like, dude, like, pull your fucking head in, man. Like, teammates, guys of my age who I came up with or whatever – and they're just and part of it's part of it's a bit of a not, I'm not going to say it's a performance like that. It's more about they care enough that they want to let everyone else know that hey, I'm better than this, and mm-hmm. I'm down because I'm way better than this to make sure everyone knows that I'm not taking this for granted, so to speak. You know what I mean? And there's yeah. some dudes who can just turn the frigging page quick. You know, it's nuts, man. Like Cliff Lee, you remember remember Cliff Lee, one of the yeah. young, dude. That guy, <laughs> I swear to God, he pitched a shutout. I had my family in town. We get on the bus. He pitched a shutout. I think it was he pitched a complete game. Maybe may have given up a run in the ninth, right? Against the Yankees, New York in Yankee Stadium. My my sister's in town. My brother-in-law's in town. Now they're on the they're on the bus on the team bus coming back because they bring friends. They bring not friends. They bring family back on the bus, right? Because it's from the Bronx back into 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 the city. And my my brother-in-law, yeah, he's from England and like yeah, he's watched the English Premier League. He's under the impression that you win a game like in the English Premier League and you celebrate, you everyone's like this big festival because you won. But yeah. baseball's every day. So we're he's waiting for everyone to come out of the locker room and he's like, dude, that pitcher, man, Cliff Lee, oh my god, how good was he? Wow, he, is he gonna go out and celebrate like in his English accent, is he gonna go yeah. and celebrate with the boys, you know? And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, yeah, I've I've seen this dude enough. He rocks at, He rocks up, and he's got his kid's iPad. His kid's with him, but he's got the iPad. He's playing like a kid's game on the iPad, and he's just staring at it like this, just kind of nonchalant, like. And he sat on the plane, and Will, my brother-in-law, sitting behind him, like just heads exploding because he's like, the dude just pitched a complete game in New York in Yankee Stadium, and yeah. he just couldn't give a fuck. He's just sitting there playing a stupid game, goes back to bed. It was yeah. insane. If it was That's me, though, job. for him, it was right. a job. If it was me, I'm, I'm like, oh, dude, I'm so stoked. Like, I'm not, not that I'm going out partying. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't just hitting the town, but I'd be so freaking stoked. But, and yeah. by the way, if he gave up a six spot and went four innings, he was the same dude as well, exact same dude. Some guys can just turn the page. Like, I, I couldn't. I was that moper. I'd mope around, especially in 2010 when I sucked. I was just, yeah. mo- I was bitter, Bob, man. I was a mess. I had to go see a, you know, a. A mental skill, a psychologist, whatever you, psychiatrist, whatever you call it, off the field, away from the field. How do you go yeah. out of these sessions? But, I, got, I got hypnotized, mate. That's how bad it was, you know. <laughs> not just as a baseball player, but like talking as a human being. Don't don't you want to celebrate successes? Like if I throw a complete <laughs> game, I want to enjoy that. Whatever yeah, I do dude. well, I want it. Or well, what's the point of working hard if it's not enjoying it? I, look, when man, I do well. I, I I don't know. All, all I, know I, about- I just think I just think it's I just think it comes down to I think he does enjoy it inside, but he doesn't doesn't express it from the outside. Yeah, yeah. Um, I Dif- think there's people different. like that, different characters. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is too, people understand the game of baseball. If I go out and strike the side, strike the side out and get a save one night, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm all on the high, I'm on the high, and I learnt this, and this is what I tried to do myself is the next day I go out and give up three or four runs and blow the game. Now I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on Golden Gate Bridge. Like, man, life's, <laughs> life's like at the end, you know? Right. Like, no, it's not going to be that way. I want it to be here. I want it to be there no matter what I did. Like I you struggle said, with that. Here, but I wanted to, you know, be on that kind of plane. But you can't be at the, like this, a roller coaster. No one can live on a roller coaster, mate. You know what happens but when, Grant, you, when you ride the roller coaster off, too long? You throw up, mate. <laughs> when you rattled off twenty saves in a row, you know, in a in a month, yeah. and you're just the best closer in the league, you feel better, oh, right? You're, don't get me wrong. You feel inside. Okay. I got confidence, and I'm like, man, I can tell myself, hey, you're not hitting me today. I'm confident. I'm going out there and get it done. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go saying that, or I'm not gonna whatever. Because I feel like, you know how this game is, it'll come bite you real quick. You know what I mean? So just keep, keep, keep a hold of that. And just, it's like this internal thing where you just, you know it, you're good. You know you're rolling. You know everything's going well. And you just keep rolling with it. You don't want it to stop. But uh, the same can go the other way. When things are going bad, it's like, man, how do I get out of this? You're just trying to find a way out. It's not easy. You know, and there's struggles and... People go through struggles, and I've been through them, and, you know, success and struggles the same way. It, uh, obviously, the success is an easy thing because you just keep doing what you're doing. You're trying to repeat every day, going to the field, 
do this, do that, you're feeling good. And then the other way is you get to the field, you're trying to make changes, but it's sometimes it's slow. Some guys can snap out of it quick. Some guys, it, it takes weeks, you know, it can be months. Kai, one, one thing just on that, and then Grant, by the way, Grant helped me. Grant was instrumental in me once I got to, or a couple things getting to the big leagues, but once I got to the big leagues, I really struggled. I have, you know, I, you call it imposter syndrome, right? I have that constantly, even now. Even now I have that, right? Whereas like I, there's a thousand dudes, like for example, if I'm doing like anything on, on TV or whatever, I'm like, oh, they, they, could, they could get 15 guys who people would probably, maybe not i'm not saying better than me i, I think i'm i feel yeah. like i do a good job but yeah. how like how do i get this job like someone's going to figure me out and that's how i was in the big leagues for a while i never forget grant uh, uh, grant was you came up with the, the brewers then you got traded to the the rays right mm -hmm. yeah. and then he came to seattle the rays were in seattle up until that point i swear to god up until that point i was like okay i'm here but i'm like a 4a guy like this is my rookie year because, mm. you know, I'm a left-handed pitcher and I'm doing pretty well and stuff-wise I'm good. But no matter what, it's it's maybe this kind of like this whole sort of being from Australia or something my parents kind of instilled, like if it's good or bad, I don't fucking know. But I always felt like I was kind of like, um, I, I don't know what the word is, but I, I felt like like someone's going to figure me out here soon. I'm going to give it up three times in a row and everyone's going, mm. oh yeah, here it comes. All right, yeah, this is the shit that like we're waiting for and... <laughs> He's, he's going to be done. Grant came yeah. to town and we had a conversation out by the bullpen during batting practice. And I was just like, yeah, he's like, and I'm trying to act all cool and big time and shit like that. But Grant sort of had this thing about him when I see him talking to his teammates and, and other people that he was the shit. He wasn't acting like whatever, but he's like, no, I'm, I'm better than all these freaking dudes, right? Because I'm, I'm about to sh go shove it up your ass. And we had, I remember we had this conversation. I can't remember word for word. I was like, fuck, all right. Maybe I, maybe I do belong here. Maybe I am a dude. Like, mm. maybe I'm not an imposter. Like, I, I'm a big leaguer. And you might be sitting there going, what are you talking about? Like, you know, you're in the big leagues and you're, you're a left-handed pitcher and you're blah, blah, blah. But that's just how it is, man. I still struggle with that now. But I, I like, it's, it's one of these things. So, we, go ahead. Just if, if you had an outing where you went seven strong, gave up one and run, you'd go back to the clubhouse and you'd still feel like, oh, God, they'll get me next time. Okay, well, this is where it all came crashing down, right? Like a bloody house of cards for me, right? <laughs> I got on a roll, 2000, I think it was, I don't know, 2008, 2009. I was about to tie or break a record of quality starts in a row. Like every time out, I was going, I went seven innings, seven innings, eight innings, seven innings, six, two thirds, oh. blah, blah, blah. I was just rolling, dude. Like gave up a run, gave up two runs, whatever. I, and I just had this feeling like I'll give up a run or two early and then I can you know, throw this pitch, that pitch, get them off balance, get weak contact, and I'll, I can roll through this bad boy, right? And then all of a sudden, and, and like Grant said, when, when, when it's going good, it's easy. It's super easy. But, mate, when you when you start getting that thing where they see your breaking ball from a frigging mile away or you start listening to some of the, the opinions of people, then you start thinking, oh, shit, okay, now they're starting to figure me out. So, like, for example... And this happened for me like a house of cards, mate, 2010. I come out and the expectations had changed a little bit for me. And I, I come out of the gates and I'm struggling a little bit. And I never forget, we, they did this thing in spring training. ESPN did this thing in spring training where I was mic'd up. I'm throwing a bullpen and doing all this stuff. And it was fun. I was like, this is great. This is cool. I was on and Buster Only was, I, I did this segment and you can hear me talking through my bullpen and trying stuff out, whatever. Then Buster only gets on the TV and he said, oh, yeah, you know, the Mariners, hey, they have to have this, have to have that. They haven't got the depth. And some of these starting pitchers like like, like this guy are referring to me, man, they, they better do this and do that. I was like, oh, shit, maybe that's on that level. Like, like what, what am I missing here? And I've, I couldn't imagine social media now with these kids. But, dude, I, I listened to it. I never forget it. I was like, oh, shit, maybe I'm not that freaking good. Maybe the scouting report, maybe they've figured me out a little bit. And the first couple of games, I just felt so hittable. And then I was like, ah, oh, here mm. it is. All right, they're figuring me out here. Oh, that's where that shit came. That's where, and I had to do There was a big hole I had to dig myself out of for years after that. But it happens, man. It ha fucking happens. I've talked to a bunch of dudes. They, they roll yeah. out with a seven one year, like, what the hell happened to them? And it's exactly that. It's nothing to do with stuff. Stuff's the same. Yeah. Some of them are injured. But that's what yeah. happens. Shit happens. Well, I wonder about 
nowadays, I wonder how many guys have a two-something ERA, and then they go look at their baseball savant and see blue numbers. Exactly. Like, oh my God, not good. I look at exactly, dude. I look at that and think, man, like oh, it's just so helpful to know where you're at. But the flips on the flip side, do you look at it and go, oh, I'm getting away with, I'm getting lucky. That's the word. Like, oh, so and so, he's getting I think, like, like Jesse I think Winker. Once you're out there, mate. You just gotta. I think you just gotta. Yeah, when you're doing well, you're doing well. You don't want to be. I don't think you want to read into anything too much. I think yeah. when guys tell you they're going well is when they're not thinking too much. When they go out there, they just relax, play the game, and trust their, trust their hands or whatever it is, and, and just go out there and compete. You know, When they start thinking, overthinking things, that's when you hear the guys that are having struggles, right? Yeah. But it's, all, it's all easy to say because when you're struggling, you've got to start looking at things and you've got to start you know, sort of making some adjustments and this and that. But I think you can overthink it. I think you can start questioning yourself. Yeah. It's in you, and it, it puts you in a bad place. But when you, when you trust, it's, it's all about confidence. This game, I believe, all about confidence. You go out there, you pitch them well, you throw up zeros, results, good results bring confidence. And, um, you know, you just roll with it. But, uh, yeah, I think when you start questioning yourself as a player, then, yeah, you, you do have these thoughts in your mind. Am I good enough or can I stay here and this and that? And, and they do happen. Especially oh, yeah. early in your career, when you 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 are being moved up and down, or you or you are going through, man, this is you know this game is tough up here, you know. Triple A, I was yeah punching everyone out, punching out twelve a game, and going you know seven innings or whatever. Now all of a sudden, I'm having a hard time getting through one inning. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's um I think your teammates help you with that too. You know, hey man, yeah, you're you're good. You have to some sometimes it just takes one or two guys to tell you, dude. You're good. Go out there and shove, you know? Or or the opposite too. You have some shitheads, man, who would just say something not not intentionally, but they'll just you know, I've had I had one catcher, mm. I'm not gonna name names, but I had one catcher who dude, I could not be around him in the dugout. I had to avoid him yeah. twenty feet away. I called it the twenty twenty foot rule because when we're up on the top <laughs> step of the dugout, I swear to God. Uh, nice guy. He wasn't trying to, but he just had that thing. He's like, oh well, you know, we're all just four A players here. Like, you know, we're just lucky yeah. to be here. Like, you know, oh, uh, what yeah. do you call it? El Bencho. El Bencho. Like, he was the captain of the El Bencho squad or some shit. And yeah, I was a starting yeah. pitcher, and I was sucking. He's like, hey man, like you know, just just count your days. Like you know, just every day you're up here, just just uh, be lucky because you know they'll figure us out. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear that. You know, I yeah, just don't yeah, want to yeah. hear that shit. Uh, so. Um, hey, real quick, I want to transition. Coe, the apprentice, we've got to do a Grant Balfour mentioned that we're a quarter of the way through the season. All right, let's. We've got some evaluations. We've got some big deals that were done this off season. Some big free agent signings. Now let's talk about who that what these guys are going through, and you know how we look at them and, and, and everything else. Let's first of all, Coe, read off a couple names. Let's read off what they signed for. In the off season, what kind of cash are we talking about, and what have they done? Are we? Uh, 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 is it is it a situation if we're a fan of that team? Are we happy about it? What, what do they have to do? Let's go, Cole. Who you got? Who's first? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I want to say that the first quarter of a season of your long term deal does not mean that the deal is a hit or miss. But I think it's fun to look. It's fun. And see it's how it's fun. Doing. If you're a fan, blowing them up on Twitter, you make a great point. But let's yeah. go. You want them coming out of the gates, just just. You know, exciting, man. You, they're in your uniform. Let's see it. Here you go. Absolutely. So let's start with a couple of teammates. They signed big deals, the middle infield in Texas. Marcus Semien signed for 7 175 uh, Corey Seager signed for 10 325 Obviously, I don't think the Rangers were trying to compete necessarily this year, but they haven't gotten off to the hottest start. All right. So, Kelly, yeah. uh, let, let's hear it, man. Let, let's, go, let's go Seager first. What do you got? Let me pull up his stat line here. I should have had this open. My bad. I have, I have it right here. He's, he's, I'm just looking at 154 at bats for Semyon. You said Semyon first. Let's yeah, go Semyon and Corey Seager, both of them. Yeah. 154 at bats for Semyon. Zero home runs for a guy that hit 45 last year. It's so amazing. He's got, some, he's got some catching up to do. And he's got nine RBIs <laughs> for a guy that had 102 ribbies last year, hitting a buck 82. So we all know, like you said. Hey, you're talking about, what, 40-something games into the season. You're not going to sit here and, and say, hey, this deal hasn't worked out. It's a seven-year deal. 
or a quarter of the way into the first year. But just having a little bit of fun with it, those aren't really the numbers that Texas would have been liking to, yeah, looking to see it. You're hoping this guy takes off, leads the way. They, this is a team, I believe, that had to have some early success, bring success to get that confidence, to get that ball rolling, to say, hey, man, look at this, you know. Um, and, they, and, they, and they don't have that, so they're, they're definitely struggling. The number you know, that sticks it, it, out for me for Semyon is an OPS plus for an average, average MLB hitter is 100. That's an yeah. average MLB is OPS plus of 100. He's at 42. Wow. That is really, really, really that, bad. That, and that's crazy. he's had a long track record. I think he's going to be turning around. But, I mean, that is a terrible yeah. start. Here's the thing, man. If you're like Chris Davis, who you strike out a lot, okay, you do have some weak links. You've, you've got some, some, some breaking points where you could fall into something where it's just a shit show. He's so athletic, right? He's playing, you know what I'm saying? He's like, he's, he can run. Yeah, he, he, he can hit all parts of the field. This is the part that gets me. What is going on? That, that's where I'm trying to you know, put my finger down. Like, for example, first of all, he's lucky in a sense. He's not playing out in the East Coast. Like, if he was playing with the Red Sox or something, he'd just be getting hammered. But the, it says here the booze rained down at Globe Life Field on Tuesday night. So, like, they're, they're, the fans are starting to let him have it. You mentioned the first quarter mm-hmm. of the first year of his seven-year deal. They're starting to let him have it. But I'm just talking to this Chris Woodward, who was a guest on the show, the manager of the uh, of the Top Step. Get, he's you know he says he's struggling. It is what it is. He's a baseball player. It's not the first guy in the world to struggle. And I get a little bit frustrated or annoyed about the people getting on him about it. Listen, I know he's got expectations. Great, we spent a lot of money. He should have he should have those expectations, right? But he's not the first person in the world to struggle. Um, I think it's a, f- a little unfair. It's only early in the season. So obviously he's going. He, he's talking about that. Now, Simeon said he didn't want to talk about the pressure side of it. Grant, does it change when you sign a deal? You've done this. You signed a, a what, a three- or four-year deal in Oakland, right? Does uh, do, do Three-year deal, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're obviously you're you know pretty strong state of mind, dude. Does no, it change? Nothing like, the, nothing like these kind of numbers. <laughs> Does it change, though? You've played with guys like this. Does it change when, when yeah. you're at Marcus Simeon? Do, do things all of a sudden change the minute the season starts? Uh, I mean, I mean, I've, like I said, I've never signed a mega deal like this, so I, I can't really say as far as that goes. But, yeah, obviously you go sign a nice little deal, and I just want to go out and perform, and, and, and no matter how much I'm, I'm getting paid, honestly, I want just as a person myself, I want to go out there and succeed and put up good numbers for my career. I, yeah. don't, get paid, I don't care if I'm getting paid a million bucks or if I'm getting paid... $30 million, me, myself, want to go, I want to go out there and compete. I'm a competitor. I want to compete, and I want to do well. So yeah. it really shouldn't matter. Um, whether it does affect some guys, I'm sure it does. They probably take a lot of weight and think, wow, these guys are paying me basically a third of the, the, the payroll of this team or a quarter of the payroll. i got to pull my weight, you know, and maybe some of them do take, you know, take it on. Um, maybe we need to uh, get one of these guys that have signed these huge deals and, and been in it for four or five years and ask yeah. them. be a good question. But, uh, I mean, I just think at the end of the day, you know, like I said, you got to go out there and compete. You want to do well personally, so it shouldn't affect you. Uh, once he starts to struggle and hear the booze, now I think it, it, it even affects him even more. So hopefully, yeah. I know the fans are frustrated probably out there. They want to see the team win for uh, you know, a player like this. But the more they boo him, I think they're going to make it harder on him and, yeah. and, their, and their results. So hopefully they'll right, get Ke- off his back. <laughs> Kelly, let, let, let's do two more, mate. Let, let, let's do his teammate, Corey Seager. Sure. What do you think? So Seager's, Seager's hitting 245 with a 315 on base percentage, 746 OPS. He's, I mean, because offense is down, the OPS plus is at 118, which is above average. He's not the best defender in the world. I don't think he's lived up to what they hoped he would be, but he hasn't been terrible. Yeah, yeah some of these you, you click on, and we were talking about this before, Kelly, uh, the Savant numbers. You can have a quick glance. Sometimes when I'm doing TV or radio, I'm like, oh, man, I forgot how that dude's doing if we're talking about someone. And you just look and see if they're blue or red. Baseballsavant.com, you can, it's a little cheat sheet. But you look at some of the um, – you know, some of these numbers, you know, like the barrel percentage, 69 in the 69th percentile, you know, uh, K percentage, baseball, uh, based on ball percentage, all these numbers. With percentage, he is swinging and missing way more 
than what he did in the years prior. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he was never a guy who had amazing contact, like made a ton of contact. But he, he's, he's chasing a little bit more and he's swinging and missing a little bit more. But I just think, look, you mentioned it before. The, the Rangers, you bring in these two guys because of, first of all, their athleticism, which I still think is not something that sustains slumps. It just doesn't, right? Like it, it, it's something that you, you get out of slumps easier as opposed to being some big power hitter who swings and misses a ton. Plus it off the field. We've heard this all the time, and I'd love to have Corey Seager on the show. Um, but they're, they're just good people off the field too. Good teammates, everything else. It sounds you might roll your eyes at that. I don't care. It makes a huge difference good on the plane, right? Good leader. Exactly. When, when these guys are ready to compete, those two guys will come out and, and, and show up. I guarantee it's it. Not, it's not all about the dollars and cents. I mean, we can sit here and say, okay, Corey Seager's making the same amount of money as Mike Trout. Basically, not too far off, right? Mike Trout sitting here with 12 home runs, 26 RBIs, an OPS of 1.133, leading the league, 323 average. You know, it's just it's off the chart stuff. And you think to yourself as a fan, well, we're paying our guy $3 million less than him. He should be doing this. Yeah. Okay, I can see their argument. Um, and it's, it's probably a valid argument. But like Brian said, he does have a lot of value off the field as he does yeah, on the field. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a tough one. It's a really tough one when it comes down to these big contracts. You start looking at the numbers, and, and, and baseball's all about stats, right, and performance. And if, if you're yeah. not putting up the numbers and you're not doing that, then yeah, the, the fans are going to get on you. It'd be different if they're winning games out there. You could kind of hide it a little bit with some of these guys, like Simeon. If, if, well, that's, if his, yeah. his numbers could be hidden a little bit, if the team's winning, if the Texas Rangers were in first place, and he was hitting a buck 82. Absolutely. They might not talk about it so much, but because they're, they're kind of not where they want them to be, it, it definitely gets brought to the surface. Okay, Kelly, we're going to do one more, mate. Here's the last one. It's up here. Oh, go ahead, Kelly. What do you got? I want to get to Robbie Ray, but really quick, you talked about <laughs> the East Coast um, and how it's talked about more. Trevor Story and Corey Seager are having very, very similar seasons. And Story basically just got hot this last week. He had yeah. been really bad. I mean, Boston wanted to mm-hmm. call them a bust already. And they've had almost identical seasons. So yeah. I think if Seager and Story were flipped, we'd be talking about Seager way more. And just want to get into that. Way. No, you, you but, make a great point. And I wanted to get into Story. I just watched him. And he's all of a sudden, you know, he's going to hit these home runs in bunches, right? You're going to see that. But exactly. So I was looking at some clips of guys just letting him have it in the month of April, you know? And then mm. again, he comes out and just goes off against the Mariners, which is so funny. Like it's so typical, well, you know what I mean? Just, but just, you're right. Just it, for it's a fan. just different, man. Just for a fan to just remember this guy's story has been playing. He's been playing a few years. He got the free agencies. He's played a few years, right? He's a career 270 hitter. He's hitting 226 right now. So, he, he will get closer to that number. I, I mean, I've seen it time and time again. I'm not saying he'll hit 270 this year. Colorado's a good place to hit. He might have that change and go to Boston. It may be, he may be a 260 career hitter in Boston or 255 if he was hitting 270 in Colorado. I don't know. But I think time will tell, obviously. Yeah. But I think he'll get closer to that number. You'll see as the year comes to the end, we roll around to September – I don't see Trevor Story hitting 226 on the year. Kelly, you, you, you hinted. The last one. We'll go the reigning Cy Young Award winner in the American League. Not off to the hottest start up there in the Pacific Northwest. Ryan, you want to talk about your guy, Robbie? Yeah, so this is an interesting one because I've watched him pitch. And from the first start of the year, he dealt with some weather. From then, stuff-wise, he kicked off his mile per hour his velo was down two or three miles per hour every start has gotten better and better he's gotten back to what the average velo was not just on his fastball but on that slider as well than what it was last year so number one stuff wise he's gotten back to where he was and he's shown even in some of these games stuff wise off the charts like i'm talking just straight bad swings am i here here it is but the dude the last i think it's last four starts now it's the one inning it's insane man it started in miami where he, he, he was kind of cruising and all of a sudden he gives up you know a couple of runs he talked about it after the game he said oh, i had a tough time staying focused 
Then he did it again. Then he did it again. Then he did it again. Stuff-wise, good. But the difference is with Robbie Ray. Last year, he got to two strikes better than anyone in baseball. He had the 0-1-0-2, bang, on you in two seconds. And they could just go – and when, he, when you're a two-pitch guy like he is, he doesn't throw four pitches. When you throw multiple innings and you're a two-pitch guy, your command has to be on point. The other part of this is, too, that when you look at the heat maps on his fastball, he's not – the fastball's not in the same area. And we've seen flashes of, like I said – their fastball's not in the same area as what we saw last year. He was living up in the strike zone, up and in last year. And you're starting to see that more and more. But, dude, the guy, it's just the command's not the same. And he's just having that lapse, that one inning. And I've been, oh, dude, I've been there, man, where you're cruising. And you're just kind of you're going off like your last eight, like, oh, man, okay, shit, the fifth inning's coming up or whatever. It's just this subconscious <clears> feeling like, okay, I've got to get through this little wave of shit I'm about to deal with where I walk a guy, give up a hit, and then have to make that mm. big pitch. So he's just... He's so close, man. I keep saying this all the time. He is so freaking close. He's going to come on this show at some point too, so I don't, I'm not going to sit here and blow him up. But he's so freaking close that it's this uh, that one inning where if he can just kind of somehow, if a guy can swing at a bad pitch and pop up and help help him out when he's got those, those two runners on or whatever it is, get through that inning, then click, I think he should be off to the races. I just – it. Again, it's just tough, Grant. When you said when the team's not doing well, it just gets amplified. And I think that's a little bit what's happening right now. The other part of this yeah. is too, speaking about being a leader, like Logan Gilbert, <clears throat> in spring training, he talked about, oh, Robbie Ray's been really, really helpful. Well, more recently, Robbie Ray's been a little quieter, right? Because he's, he's internally, he's trying to get through it. He, he cares about the team. He cares about getting through this stuff. <clears throat> That's where the other thing comes in. If Marcus Simeon's sitting there moping around the clubhouse in Texas, different story. But if he's the same dude, that's where you've got to try and fight through that so you can be there for your teammates and everything else. Grant, what do you got? No, I was just looking at the numbers here from last year. He was 32 starts, 193 innings, 150 hits, 52 walks, 248 strikeouts. This year we're looking at nine starts, uh, 54 innings, 45 hits, 20 walks, 58 strikeouts. When you, when you take a look at those numbers, the innings are pretty close. They're not going to be that yeah. far off at the end of the year. The hits are very close. Um, it's just the walks. It's just the walks, the walks that stand exactly. out. It's the command. He, I mean, it's the command there. And then when you look at that, um, you know, look at the home runs, maybe, maybe up a tick, probably about the same. Gave up 33 home runs last year. He gave up yeah. 33 home runs and won. Because he, he throws so a young. shitload of it's still fastballs and that, that little slider that doesn't move a whole so, lot. It's filthy, but, but God. And my know. point is, he, you know, he, he didn't walk a lot of guys, but obviously there were so, a lot of solo home runs there, you know, to give yeah. up uh, 33 home runs and only 61 out runs. So right. obviously a lot of solos. So he, he limited the damage last year, is that what that tells me? Um where maybe he hasn't been doing that as well this year. Because yeah. if I could take a look at those numbers and think, it's not that much different, but I do remember years myself. Oh, man, I walked more guys, and then there was some damage in that inning. When yeah. it was that inning where it just fell away, a little bit of damage, and that's the difference. Then the earned runs yeah. shoot up, the ERA's up, the batting average is up. You start to have that little lapse. He's not that far away, like you said. But it's just yeah. little things like that. Uh, I see some indicators there where he, he can... If he can command a little bit better, get that command back a little better, and uh, then that confidence comes back, uh, he he could be just fine. Yeah, for sure. I, and I, I, that's what I'm saying. He's that close. It's just that walk, hit, walk, double in that one inning. They all just bunch up in that one little la like lapse of focus. He's talked about it, but dude, like stuff wise though, it's fun to watch him pitch because he's just fastball. Up in the zone, slider, and guys just miss it by two feet. I love it. You know? Yeah. It's a blast. Well, he's got a nasty, nasty breaking ball, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. We need, we need to go the the uh, the all-in moment, all right? So he, the, I'm coming, you guys got your all-ins ready? All right. Yeah, mate. Okay. So Cheers, mate. He, he, this is the all-in moment. Brought to you by All-In Energy Drinks. All-In has hit an absolute home missile laser beam, 30, 35 a degree launch angle, 114 mile per hour exit velo, wind assisted bomb. When it comes to taste and being just being simply better for you, you can feel good about drinking all in. So go to drinkallin.com slash the top step, get your 10% off. All right, here's the all in moment. 
It's Saturday morning. I roll. No, excuse me, it's Friday Arvo. I roll over to Bill's place. Say, mate, lawn mower. I need to borrow it. He says to me, he's like, he says, oh, sweet, no worries, mate. You know how to use it. I make that crucial decision, that split second decision. To say, yep. A typical bloke, typical, typical bloke saying, instead of saying, oh no, can you show me how to use it? Yeah. I say, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Roll that thing across the street back to my place. Lose sleep on a Saturday, uh, lose sleep on a Friday night, mate. Because I'm thinking to myself, they're all going to be out there watching, right? They're all going to be out in the cul-de-sac yeah. watching me, yeah, you know, turn this puppy on. Because I've got to do the front lawn first, right? Okay. I'm out there. <laughs> I'm giving it a red hot crack, mate. I'm, I've got the thing. I've got the thing down. I know about the choke. I get that. I've, I've used a pressure washer before. I get the choke. Putting in the choke, I'm trying to yank the thing. I'm like, I can only give it two two no. pulls, mate. The old lawnmower pull. Because if I give it any more, you can hear that 50 feet away at Bill's place, right? So there I am. I give it a red hot crack. I go back and forth. I do the sneaky YouTube video just to make sure I'm not messing this thing up because I don't want to. I don't want to pull the yank the cord out or something's going on, right? Hey. Sure enough, trust myself a little bit. I say I belong here. Yank that thing. It starts up. Ease off on the choke and bang. Off, off I go. Now, was, it, was it an easy? Was it an easy start? Was it, man? It was one of those it easy with one pull. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Now, mind you, I'm not, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to um, blow up Bill's lawnmower. He's got a good one, nice Honda. Good, you know. Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah right. I'm, I'm out in the backyard. Now, the backyard's the grass is long. There's, no one's touched this puppy for a while. Yeah. The grass is long. Well, the Up bag keeps knees, filling mate. up. What's that? Up to <laughs> your knees. Exactly. Yeah, it's the bloody Serengeti out there. So I'm, 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 I'm pushing along this lawnmower. Well, the thing keeps conking out of me, right? Well, because the the blades keep getting stuck. I didn't realize yeah. this. So I had to keep I'm throwing my hand down there. Mind you, I turn the thing off. Obviously, it shuts off itself. And I'm I'm in the corner. I'm rolling the thing over in the corner so no one can see me. I'm cl- I'm trying to troubleshoot. Sure enough, I figured it out. I'm just unloading bag after bag. But man, I felt pretty good. That was my all in moment for the weekend, fellas. Jesus, mate. Hey, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear you got it done, mate. I'm glad to hear oh, yeah, you got the job done. You got yeah. the job done. Oh, even more so, did the were the kiddies happy, mate? You got the Oh, they're loving it. Yeah, they're out there doing yeah, cartwheels. The <laughs> fresh there's nothing better than the smell of fresh crack cut grass Dude, either, is there? It's the best. I'm addicted, mate. I am addicted right? to it. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, it's unreal. And then you sun know, was out. Yeah. Crack open great. your all in, mate, and having sit a blast. back and you're good to go. Yeah. So that moment was brought to you by All In Energy Drink. Go to yeah, drinkallin.com slash the top step. Here's to uh, summer, which is on its way. Make sure you get out and mow your lawns. Brought to you by Honda. No, I'm joking. Hey, so... Save yourself a cold All In. We do have to do a word of the day too. So I'm going to bounce this off yeah. the All In moment. I did mention a red hot crack. I had a red, I had a red hot crack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean, mate? Give us a scenario where, you're having a red, where someone's having a red hot crack. Mate, it's just somebody, just some bloke, you know, you might, um, someone said to him, mate, yeah, just had a red hot crack. Go and have a red, yeah, have a red hot crack. Basically, <laughs> basically, he just had a try, he gave it his best, gave it his all, you know, just had a so, red hot crack. Just put, might not have ever done it before or whatever it is, but just put his, put everything into it and uh, had a red hot crack, mate. Just gave it, gave it his all, had a go. <laughs> So mowing the lawn for the first time, Cully. What about at my wedding? Grant was at my, Grant was a groomsman groomsman at my wedding, but my best man Nick Nick Kirk right gets yeah. up and he's giving his speech. <laughs> they do that in the states, right? The best man gives a speech. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's giving a speech and he drops. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, he had like a slideshow and everything, but he drops the. Um, uh. Yeah, he's just a good Aussie bloke having a red hot crack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there the whole time thinking to myself, like, yeah. like eighty percent of the the people at the wedding, or ninety percent of the people at the wedding. This is in, no it was in San Diego in your backyard, mate, down at Hotel Del in Coronado. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. it was big. It was big. Beautiful. Work, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sitting there. Ninety five percent of the, the the people there, even maybe a couple of Aussies as well, probably sitting. What the fuck did he just say? Red on crack. <laughs> so, anyway. I think you're a crackhead. Yeah. Shout out to Nick yeah. Kirk. For dropping that one at the wedding, so yeah, that's the word of the day. That's but a good one, guys. Anything else before we get out of here, or what? 
It's a lot of fun. I love hearing you guys talk about the stories from the planes and stuff like that. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. We, we need to. I'm sure well, we'll get a couple if questions. If you're a young uh, aspiring MLB player, young kid out there playing baseball, you know, get yourself a deck of cards. Do yourself a favor. I mean, yes. I don't know if they're still playing cards, but there's definitely a lot of card playing in baseball. Yeah. Um, I know these days are a lot of electronics, a lot of uh, video games and you know, iPads and stuff going around. But I, I think are they still, still playing will, cards? You'll, you'll still you'll still find some card games going on. There's got to be. Yeah, we've we, we got a couple of guests coming up here. We're going to ask. I'm going to ask. Hey, I'm not playing. Yeah. We're still playing old school cards. Or they all just got an iPad and just playing virtually or something. Yeah. But what are they doing? Yeah, they're probably, they're probably playing on iPads now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, with legal, legalized betting, it's probably all just playing online. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, fellas. Well, this has been fun. Make sure if you haven't already, click subscribe. Go to your mates. Go follow us on social media, the Top Step Podcast over on Instagram and Twitter. Fellas, this has been fun. We, we shall see you next week. All right, guys. Take awesome care, mate. Week. Cheers. See you next week, fellas. Cheers. Good on you.